This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you. Um, welcome. Lovely to be in your company today on this, the third day of Hanukkah. Yes, of course, this morning we woke up to the very, very sad, tragic news of the idea, um, difficult to get one's head around, the fact that a shul in Cape Town has burnt down, and with it several Sifrei Torah, Torah scrolls um, being destroyed, and there are some ghastly pictures that have been circulated around on uh, social media, the internet, and so on, showing um, these burnt Sifrei Torah. And uh, how does a community react? Well, first of all, it is with shock, and secondly, with uh, a feeling of camaraderie and the fact that um, our hearts go out to uh, Rabbi Thurgood and his Robertson, to the entire community of uh, the Morasha Beit Medrash in Cape Town, as well as the whole Cape Town community, but as well as the South African Jewish community, and then the Jewish community worldwide. Because when a shul burns, it may have immediate relevance to the people in that vicinity, to the members of the community. But when the shul and the Sifrei Torah are burnt, it is something that has to and does deeply, deeply um, affect each and every one of us. A Sefer Torah, the most sacred Jewish um, um, artifact, the most sacred Jewish thing that we could possibly have. We stand in its presence, we revere it, we read from it, we learn from it, we regard it as so powerful and so sacred. That um, the loss of one is tragic when it's more than one, um, just uh, doubly difficult or even more so. And, um, of course, there are processes and procedures uh, when it comes to the um, destruction of Sifrei Torah in such a manner. If they cannot be repaired, which it seems to be that they cannot be repaired, they need to be buried. But the burial takes place in the form of an actual funeral. It is almost as though we have lost something that is alive. Remember that our Torah is alive and the fact that it is lost in um, this um, hor- horrible, horrible way, horrible fashion of uh, being burnt to ashes. It is um, with heavy hearts that one um, needs to arrange, as they will there in Cape Town, um, the funerals, um, joint funeral probably that will take place for the Sifrei Torah. And at the same time, just as when um, somebody passes away, a person, an individual uh, passes away and is, in, and is buried, um, we need to look at life a little bit differently. We need to look at um, what possible um, root causes there could be for such a tragic event. Um, is it that we are not um, showing enough, enough avat Yisrael or we're not showing enough, enough care for each other? Is it perhaps that we're neglecting the Torah laws? Is it perhaps that we're neglecting the study of our Torah? It was something that uh, certainly dawned on me this morning, um, hearing the news that it is shortly before um, kind of a mass uh, semigration of uh, Jews from this part of the world to that part of the world, where everybody goes there on holiday. And perhaps it is somewhere along the way a sign that we should be a little bit more careful um, with our um, holiday plans from a Jewish point of view to ensure that we are keeping to halacha, that we're keeping to Jewish law even when we're on holiday. Um, certainly Cape Town is one place where it is um, at the same time as being a lot easier um, than in most places to keep kosher, etc., because there is such a huge 
and wonderful variety of uh, kosher foods that are available there. Um, often Joe Burgers who go down there are um, kind of jealous of uh, the massive offering of uh, beautiful, beautiful stuff that you have in Cape Town. It really is wonderful and a great tribute to the Jewish community there. Um, but at the same time, it is a place of great distraction and where uh, people tend to relax, let their guard down. Um, that's G-U-A-R-D, but of course it can be read the other way as well, um, that we um, tend to drop our standards, that we tend to um, do things when we're in that kind of an environment that we wouldn't do elsewhere. And maybe um, this it's a horrible, horrible lesson and a horrible way to learn a lesson. But perhaps it is something that we should pick up from that as well. However, I think that maybe the um, lesson on Judaism 101.9 today um, should be something a lot more positive than that. And that is, since it is Hanukkah and since it is a day on which and time in which we uh, do not eulogize and a time in which we do not uh, necessarily get caught up in negative thought, um, a positive um, idea perhaps that needs to come out of all of this is that um, we need to focus on and concentrate on the positive mitzvot that are contained in the Torah. The things rather that we, instead of only looking at the things that we shouldn't be doing, let's rather look at the things that we should be doing. Um, if we can spend a little more time studying Torah, if we can spend a little bit more time thinking about good things that we can do for each other, if we can spend a little bit more time in focusing on our charitable uh, donations, if we can think, spend a little bit more time in our prayers, and if we can spend a little bit more time in truly um, going out of our way not to not only avoid speaking Losh and horror, but speaking good things, doing good things, doing good actions, um, being kind to each other and making sure that we show a lot more Avat Yisrael, a lot more love for our fellow men um, and um, for those who are close and nearest and dearest to us. And at the same time, um, making sure that we adhere a little bit more to Shabbat and that we do a little bit more um, of uh, our uh, Torah learning, as we uh, mentioned before. Perhaps these channels of positivity and this positive energy is much more in keeping with the concept of lighting the menorah in the way that we do. And we need to ask ourselves uh, why this uh, comes about on a Chag, on a festival like Hanukkah, when our spirits are high. And perhaps it is, in and amongst other things, to teach us that um, we too need to do more. Each and every day of Hanukkah, we uh, light another candle, and each and every day of Hanukkah, we increase, therefore, in our positive energy and our positive actions. And so, therefore, each and every day of our lives, we should be doing more, more for each other, more for ourselves in a spiritual sense, more for the community and more for the world in order to make this world a much brighter, much lighter, much more illuminated place. We certainly don't want to have illumination in the way of destruction, as we saw yesterday, but we do want to see illumination in the way of light that lights up the darkness, that lights up the uh, night sky, and that brings about a uh, great simcha, a great joy, like the festival of Hanukkah certainly can do. From a practical point of view, um, the next few days bring with them some very, very interesting um, uh, things, some very interesting stuff that um, we will be talking about, um, but we're going to take a quick break now, and uh, I think we have somebody who's on the line, somebody who's calling through, so um, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll come to that right after this. 
This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. Hi, and I believe that we have um, online somebody who um, has a little bit more to add and, of course, can enlighten us a little bit on what went on in Cape Town last night. But in the meantime, visit Kalani Mall this festive season for your Christmas gifting, inspiration, and shopping. With over 50 vendors to choose from, you will be spoiled for choice. Go through to Kalani Mall on the 7th of December for a Christmas market that is not to be missed. Visit www.kilanimall.co.za or call 611646. Four six five seven for more info. We also have Norwood Mall, which is proud to offer a fantastic Hanukkah experience once again. Visit their Hanukkah Discovery Center, located at the Center Court, for a fun, hands-on Hanukkah learning experience for children of all ages. It's open all day until the end of Hanukkah, and everything is free. They'll also be lighting Africa's largest dreidel menorah there on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights. That's this whole week at 6.30 p.m. with free donuts each night. Kids, say hi to the dreidel man and Yehuda Maccabee and get your own dreidel and balloon. Thursday night is Kids Night and starts at 5.30 with a magic show and children's program. You don't want to miss this one. Do we have our caller on the line? No, unfortunately, we seem to have lost our uh, caller somewhere in the mix here, but we'll carry on talking about the interesting things that are coming up now for the rest of Hanukkah from a practical point of view, from a Judaism 101.9 point of view. And um, that includes the fact that there is something unique um, about this year, Hanukkah doesn't always happen, but it does often happen, and that is that we have two days of Rosh Chodesh, which lie towards the end of Hanukkah. And in fact, that is going to be on Shabbat and on Sunday. Now, the reason that there are two days of Rosh Chodesh, as we have explained before, is because um, the two-day Rosh Chodesh comes about when the previous month, so the month that we're now going to be leaving, the month of Kislev, has 30 days. But that's not always the case. Very often Kislev only has 29 days. And so if you were to plot the uh, festival of Hanukkah on a regular chart, on a regular calendar, it usually extends from the 25th of um, Kislev and will end on the 3rd of um, uh, of Tevet, that is the way that it usually lies. But in a year in which there are two days of Rosh Chodesh, in other words, in a year when there are 30 days in the month of Kislev, which is done as a bit of a tiebreaker, a deal breaker, it is there in order to ensure that all our Chagim line up correctly on the correct days of the week. Um, this has happened now in this year both for the month of Cheshvan and of Kislev, that they both have 30 days. And the fact that it has 30 days means that there are two days of Rosh Chodesh, and therefore Shabbat and Sunday will be not only Hanukkah, but Rosh Chodesh as well. I believe we do have our caller back on the line, and um, we are going to try and speak to this individual, who apparently was in Cape Town last night um, and has something to tell us about what happened there. Hi. Hello, um, Rabbi Katz. Yes. Rabbi Katz. I'm here. Please go ahead. You're so, speaking. You're on. You're on the air with our listeners. Yes. We're battling with the lines, but can you hear me loud and clear? We can hear you. We can hear you loud and clear. Yes. Go ahead. Okay, Rabbi. Last night we were having my uh, my son Bradley uh, Baruch. Um, we were having Yeshiva Brochas at uh, the first restaurant around the corner from the from the shul from the Beit Borashah. Yes. And uh, my son just got married to a, 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 a lady who died from Haiti, and her name is Daphne Sipora uh, Yosef. And um, they met in Jerusalem two years ago, 
and I got engaged uh, two months ago. I was supposed to have the wedding in Miami, but my son's visa got turned down. So we arranged the wedding in three weeks, and, and, and we managed to get the one night only at the Bay Hotel. The, 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 the Bay Hotel in Cadiz Bay was available on the right. 3rd of December, and Rabbi Darren, who I'm very close to, wanted to have the first night shiver blockers at the press in Seapoint, and who knew what would happen the moment we walked out of the press at quarter past 11 last night, someone came running past saying, your shoes on fire. With that, I ran around the corner with my son, and there was just a fire engine arriving. I think I was the second person to arrive there, and I saw the flames jumping out of the roof. The fire engine, they were trying to get the cake from the building next door open, so they could get to the, 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 the big fire engine that was coming through. And uh, what I felt off that was like watching 9-11 coming all over again on a, on a mini scale. Thank God there were people jumping out of windows. But windows were being shattered, the flames were jumping out, and people started arriving. Rabbi Alfred arrived with his wife. Daphne stood there, everybody stood there saying, Tell him. The yes. tears were flowing. Sure. The firefighters didn't know when to start. The flames were going crazy. And uh, it was the most tragic event that was unfolding in front of my eyes. That the, that the shoe was burning. And that. Uh, I waited for the other fire to come. Anyway, this morning I gave a, a seven-minute um, talk on my voice. Um, uh, what's up? Because they couldn't hear me. I'm not sure if you can hear me clearly now. So I can't hear you at all. We, can, can, we can hear you very clearly. So first of all, I just wanted to say, um, it sounds strange after that harrowing story to say Mazel tov. First of all, a Mazel tov for the Simcha. And perhaps at the same time, we have to put into focus the fact that you were celebrating the founding of a new Jewish home. And uh, now perhaps this young couple have uh, an, even, an even bigger spiritual task ahead of them. And that is that um, there is so much that needs to be fixed and so much that needs to be replaced. But what is the spirit, what is the feeling like in Cape Town this mo- uh, today? Well, uh, I, I, I didn't speak last night, I think for an hour. I was up with my, with my son, Aiden, who's very strong. And he was yes. governing till five o'clock this morning. And then he went to the guys to be part of the service at 6.30. So we left at our house. We got church at, at, at six o'clock to be there at half past six. My son wore his torn shirt from last night. Um, he was in a terrible state of unhappiness, obviously, of what happened. Yes. Uh, and myself as well. But I must just tell you that my, 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 my daughter-in-law spent the weekend in Seapoint. Her last Shabbos was in Bait Borosha on Saturday lunch with the Rabbi Ferguson. Yes. She came back to me, Daphne Sipora. And she told me she had the most incredible lunch at the office lunch school. It was the last lunch that she would have before the fire on Shabbos Day. That day last week, hosted by Rabbi Pleasant in her honor, in my, in my daughter-in-law's honor. A girl that came from Haiti, which grew up in North Miami, decided at the age of 17 she wants to become Jewish. She herself worked for money. She went to the, the, the young Israel in Miami and became a Jew, an Orthodox Jew. It wasn't enough for her. She earned more money to go to seminary in Israel. <clears throat> and that's where she studied to become a Hasidic Jew. And she met my son at a rabbi in Jerusalem two years ago. So, so please, please God, please God, we should 
always only be able to share simchas and the, the luncheons and the simchas and so on for the Morashah Beit Medrash should very, very soon recommence once they rebuild because I'm sure that is going to happen soon. And please, God, we should only hear good and wonderful things from that community and from all the people there. Well, this morning I phoned Rabbi Alton and I saw Rabbi Thurgood and I phoned Rabbi Herring in Johannesburg who came down for our wedding specialty. Rabbi Moshe Goldberg came down for the wedding specialty because there's Rabbi Joseph that Bradley was being a shiver in Johannesburg. Yes. And I shared with them uh, what happened last night, but I was telling you that one of the strangest things that happened last night, which I haven't shared with anybody yet. At the end of the fire, at 2 o'clock in the morning, when there were no more flames, the, the fireman in charge of the whole fire came up to me and he said, how are you, Jeremy? And I said to him, do you remember me, asked me. And I looked him in the eyes because I hadn't seen his eyes before because they were covered with the moss and the fireproof vest. Yes. And he was covered in smoke. And I said, no man, I can't believe it's you. I've been seeing you for 40 years. His father was my handyman, my main foreman in my business around the corner. I had a hardware store for 29 years hmm. called Cavanet Hardware. And afterward, for 99% Jewish people, the only handyman worked through me and my business. And his son was Mervyn. Mervyn became a firefighter at age of 19. Hmm. He's now 58. And he said to me, and he always knew from many years before, right. that his father was very lucky to work for a Jewish man. Right. And he always was. He always felt a lot for the Jewish people. Yes. Because his father educated his four sons, him and his three brothers, who need paying his salary every single week for 15 years. And I even uh, bought a house with their money in a Jewish area, in a, in a white area, that they could stay in the area they wanted to stay until I was forced to make the boot because of the apartheid laws. And his sons always respected their time for me for that. And because I was Jewish, he told me last night, he was the leader of the firemen, and he knew a bit about what it is to be a Jew, and the way we choose <laughs> his father. And that's what pushed him to go into that show and save Incredible. everything he could save. Absolutely amazing. Jeremy, please tell me, um, what is the atmosphere like around the community today? Um, and how are, how, how are people, how are people feeling in, in, in Cape Town this morning? Uh, it's obviously, uh, everybody's very depressed. I've, I've had a message to Rabbi, to Rabbi Alton. Yes. I got a message to, to Rabbi Karen that I felt from my heart was the message I wanted to give them because the other morning Rabbi Karen called me at office to tell me today is the wedding that's drizzling outside. I yes. said it's raining down. Blessings on you and your family for today. I'm so proud of you and your boys. I'm not as proud as my children. I'm just a normal orthodox guy. I've made a kosher for my boys. Wonderful. That has become a... Um, a um, a very uh, religious Haredi Jew in Israel when you met the Jasmine Deborah. Mm-hmm. Aiden is uh, a Cape Town Torah high. He, he's doing unbelievably well with his Jewish kite. He loves his Jewish kite. He went to Israel. He came back to, um, to, to, to miracles that happened to me so, directly to him, uh, which was is mind-boggling. I can't tell, tell the stories on the, on the radio now. Right. But, but um, when I was in Johannesburg in April, I met a, a, a gentleman by the name of Simon or Shimon Blumenau at Redirect. Yes. At the car. And, and, and Shimon met my two boys in it, and he has been sending me every day the day she took a message of hope, a message of encouragement, and I've started listening to it and listening to it, and I, I think this is what has changed my life completely, so, is that I realized that Hashem is the control. Hashem knows what's best. Yes. Hashem does things in funny ways. 
my message to Rabbi Darren this morning off the Hikush, the right buttons, the other morning and off on And he told me I'm going to have a wonderful day. Not a breath of wind blew on the field. Can I say we have no <laughs> every afternoon that the people from Casway told me they've never known that afternoon with no wind to Casway on the field. So, so Jeremy. Jeremy, we, 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 want to wish, we want to wish you well, and we want to wish your children well, and we want to wish the whole Cape Town community well. And please, God, we should be able to speak for wonderful things for Simchas, and uh, please, God, everybody should, everybody should find the comfort that they need after this, after this very, very difficult night. I just feel that this is a message to everybody in every show. Protect your terrors, but evil as on fire. Make sure they are safe and they are secure. Please, God, and let's and let's let's make a commitment to keep a little bit more of our Torah as a way of protection as well. But thank you for calling; we appreciate it. We're going to take a short ad break, and we'll be back with you right after this. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. And welcome back. Yes, a little bit of a different schedule today with uh, talking about what happened in Cape Town. But let's just think about this idea of um, Rosh Chodesh, which is coming up now on Shabbat and Sunday. Being that uh, Rosh Chodesh coincides with um, Shabbat and Hanukkah, it means it is one of the rare occasions, interestingly enough, in terms of what we were speaking about, the destruction of Sifrei Torah, but it's one of the occasions when we take out three Sifrei Torah. Three Torahs are going to be taken out of the Oran Kodesh, out of the Ark, in Shul's this Shabbos. Um, and um, from the three Sifrei Torah, we're going to read the Parsha of the Week, which is Parshat Miketz, um, from towards the end of the book of Breshit. We're going to then read... Um, for Rosh Chodesh, and we're going to then read a piece for Hanukkah. So um, quite a fascinating thing is that there are not many occasions in the Jewish um, um, Jewish lineup of uh, um, regular Shabbases or Yomim Tovim where um, three Sifrei Torah are taken out of the Aron Kodesh. Um, you may know of some of them. You will all probably know that on Kol Nidre night, um, standing there in front of uh, the shul, as uh, the whole community turns quiet and we begin to say Kol Nidre, um, three Sifrei Torah are taken out of the Aron Kodesh, and they're stood on either side, <coughs> and pro- possibly in front of or next to the Chazan as he recites the Kol Nidre. That's one occasion when we use three Sifrei Torah. Another is, of course, on Simchat Torah, where three Sifrei Torah are taken out of the Aron Kodesh, out of the Ark, and those three Sifrei Torah are then used to read the uh, end of the Torah, Vizot HaBracha, Breshit, um, the beginning of the Torah for the second Torah, and then, of course, the reading for the Yom Tif, uh, for the Chag, for Shmini Yatzeret, as is done in all shuls around the world on Simchat Torah. Um, there is only one other occasion other than this one um, when three Sifrei Torah would be taken out and read from, and that is if it was Shabbat, Rosh Chodesh, Shabbat HaChodesh, um, which um, happens on the odd occasion um, in the lead up to Pesach, where once again there would be and there could be three Sifrei Torah. But there is a general principle that ap- applies, and that is the principle from Halacha, from Jewish law, that Todir V'Sheinu Todir Todir Kodem, which means that if you have something that is regular and something that is not regular, the regular comes first. So what is regular? The regularity of Shabbat means that we read the Parsha first, 
That's the main Torah reading on Shabbat. Following that is something that is a little less regular, but more regular than Hanukkah, and that is Rosh Chodesh. We then read for Rosh Chodesh. And then finally, Hanukkah, which only comes once a year, um, we read for Hanukkah from the third Torah. And that's going to happen all on this Shabbos now. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elova. Right, so we're talking about uh, the coming uh, days of Hanukkah, Rosh Chodesh, um, especially Shabbat, when we take our three Sifrei Torah, and we have like a triple header. There were some who, on a Shabbat like this, would eat on Shabbos three different kugels, um, one for each Torah. So uh, you would have... <coughs> For instance, a potato latke, a potato latke kugel, and a uh, a, a regular uh, Yerushalmi kugel, and then perhaps one that is made with noodles and all sorts of other things, in order to um, ensure that we kind of remember, even in our uh, in our meals, in our eating space, uh, the fact that it is literally a triple header, a triple Torah Shabbos, and um, how beautiful, in fact, and how positive, in fact, that it's going to be on this Shabbos that shuls all over the world when we mourn the loss of Sifre Torah are going to be lauding and praising more Torahs than usual, and let that perhaps be part of the theme that we adopt um, on this particular Shabbat. And then, of course, Rosh Chodesh will be on Sunday as well, but it means... That the last day of Hanukkah is a day earlier than it sometimes is, and it will end actually on the second day of Tavis rather than on the third day of Tavis. Um, and um, that is because we've got this double day of Rosh Chodesh um, in the middle of Hanukkah. Of course, tonight we light the fourth candle of Hanukkah, tomorrow night the fifth, um, and so on. And the last night of Hanukkah will be once again on Sunday evening. And of course, we want to invite everybody to please attend, if you can, the public menorah lightings. It has been um, wonderful to see that there are so many public menorah lightings that are taking place. And a great uh, tribute to <coughs> Chabad around the country and around the world for the fact that Hanukkah has been reinvigorated and repopularized this uh, particular year with so many beautiful opportunities for people to celebrate not only at home with uh, your own candles and menorah which is the proper um, uh, place to celebrate Hanukkah with your family um, but the fact that we have enabled Pirsume Nisa the spreading of the miracle of Hanukkah to be taken to a completely different level um, in so many ways with so many beautiful opportunities for public menorah lightings that are taking place everywhere so please in sure that you support them, um, whether it is the public menorah lighting that is taking place at Santon City um, each night of uh, Hanukkah or the public menorah lighting that is taking place at Kosher World and with a particular event um, taking place at Kosher World on Thursday evening or um, as we have been announcing at uh, Norwood Mall and wherever else there are public menorah lightings throughout the city. Please make sure that you support, that you're there to not only enjoy, to uh, bask in the light, but to help to spread that light and encourage others to attend as well. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. So perhaps in these uh, last few minutes that remain, we are going to be talking about um, something that has been uppermost in my mind, certainly over the last week or so, and um, that is that on Hanukkah we 
uh, celebrate miracles, miracles, miracles and wonders, fantastic things. And we speak about them over and over and over again. If you ask the average Jew, um, what is the great miracle of Hanukkah that we celebrate? I think that first thing that springs to mind, of course, is the miracle of the oil. It is strange, therefore, that this is hardly even mentioned in the prayers that we say. When we say the Alanisim prayer, um, which we say every day in our prayers, Shachris, Mincha, and Mayriv, as well as in our um, Birkat Amazon, in our benching, we mention so much, but we just sort of as a bit of a throwaway line, we say, and they rekindled the menorah. There's no reference to this eight days um, uh, story in that Part of what we're celebrating when we talk about Al-Hanissim for all these miracles. What we do um, talk about is uh, the fact that the Assyrian Greeks set out to try and make us forget our Torah, to move away from our Torah. They tried to make us um, disconnect from the um, from our souls. They wanted to make it that we were all material and physical, um, like uh, the Hellenistic um, philosophies that they were trying to enforce on Israel and on the entire world. And uh, therefore, the Alanisim um, kind of uh, focuses, I think, a lot more on um, the fact that it was the triumph of the few over the many. It was uh, the triumph of good over evil. It was the triumph of the righteous over the wicked, etc., etc., which um, gives us a little inspiration, I think, in the fact that we ourselves can make miracles. It's not just the Almighty that makes miracles. It is um, the fact that man needs to instigate, man needs to do. We need to work at it. We need to make sure that we show the kind of mesirat nefesh, the kind of complete and absolute dedication to Torah, to godliness, to our uh, religious practices and our religious ways, to our Judaism, to our Yiddishkeit, and so on. We've got to do all of that um, in order to be able to Warrant that uh, God should uh, provide us with all the brochures. Um, we're not supposed to rely on miracles, but of course, there is so much miraculous that can and should and will happen. And even when it came to the finding of the oil, it was only because of the absolute Mesiras Nefesh, only because of that absolute commitment and commitment to literally um, be ready to die for it that um, God made that miracle. God wants to see us do something. We need to instigate. We need to be partners with God in the performance of everything, in the running of this world, in the um, continuance of the world, and certainly in helping to make those miracles. And so perhaps um, on a day like today where um, there have been some very, very difficult things for us to process and to think about um, with what has happened and transpired in Cape Town, as we mentioned uh, earlier, with the fact that uh, Sifrei Torah were destroyed and everybody's questioning and needs to question what does it mean for us and what are we supposed to do about it? Perhaps it is um, the eternal message of Hanukkah, and that is that we need to do more positive. We need to go out there and um, make um, the world a brighter, a better, a more positive place. We need to do more good things. We need to encourage others to do more good things. We need to have and demonstrate and show much more love. We cannot allow and we cannot tolerate um, hatred and um, differences that drive us apart. We need to try and bring ourselves and others and our entire community together um, for good and for wonderful things. 
things, whether it is in the practice of our faith or whether it is in uh, the uh, commitment to Israel, the commitment to our Jewish uh, people, the commitment to our Torah. These are the things that um, help to make miracles. These are the things that bring all those positive reactions from the Almighty, whether it is the splitting of the Red Sea, um, where we needed Nachshon ben Aminadav to jump into the sea and uh, be there up to his throat uh, before the sea split. God wants to see us doing something, whether it was the Maccabees who sought out that cruise of oil and were determined that it was the only oil that they would place in the menorah. And God reacted, so to speak, by providing the miracle of the oil, or whether it is the fact that we needed to take up the fight and uh, push the Assyrian Greeks out of Israel, um, as the Maccabees had done. And then God enabled the few to triumph over the many. It's up to us. We can help to make miracles. We can make the world a much better place. And we can, in light of uh, the difficulties, we can create more light. We can learn more Torah. We can spread more good things around our community, around our nation, and around the entire world. And hopefully we'll be able to do that in these remaining days of Hanukkah. Tonight we reach the halfway mark. And hopefully from then on, there'll be much more light and bright and good things than darkness um, symbolic of the light and the darkness on each and every menorah around the world from tonight onwards. So please, God, you should have a great, wonderful rest of Hanukkah. I want to wish you a good Chodesh for Rosh Chodesh, which is on Shabbat and Sunday, and um, a great rest of the week, a great Shabbat up ahead. Look forward to being back with you again. Same time, same place next week on Judaism 101.9.